It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. I need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And his weekly visit couldn't have come up soon enough. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joins us now on the phone lines. And, John, we spent the last hour talking about Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. Uh, I didn't expect Aaron Rodgers to leave Green Bay, but I also didn't expect to see Russell Wilson leave Seattle. What were your thoughts when you saw the trade went down between Seattle and Denver this afternoon? I was shocked, too, because Wilson had said he didn't want to be traded. He wanted to stay there and win three Super Bowls. The Broncos had waited till Rodgers re-signed with Green Bay, which didn't surprise anybody. And of the three players, I can't imagine uh, Pete Carroll at 70 wants to rebuild, and Drew Locke can't be a starting quarterback. So I'm thinking they got two, two ones, two twos, and a five and a tight end, Noah Fant, they could get Deshaun Watson for less than that. And uh, if they did get Deshaun Watson, and that means that the NFC West would have nothing but quarterbacks drafted in the first round and two taken first overall, and even the AFC uh, West can't make that claim because Derek Carr was a second-round pick. But I know this. The West would be best, that's for sure. <laughs> as a fan and as a someone like you and DeMond and the media who cover the Raiders, Ed cool. That's going to be fun. The Texans and new coach Lovey Smith, it is his misfortune to start off playing every AFC West team on their schedule. Man, I'm telling you, we just we're talking about the AFC West and how much of a gauntlet that's going to be now. Uh, six times a year, you're going to see uh, you can see Mahomes, Herbert, and uh, Wilson, and of course uh, Derek Carr as well. You know, I mean that's that's a heck of a division right there. Uh, as far as as far as Denver now and Russell Wilson goes, I mean, just looking at the team from the outside looking in, how do you how do you look at that team? Are they, in your opinion, built to win with Wilson behind center? Russell Wilson will be 34 next season. He had a no trade clause. I'm sure at some point we're going to hear about his new contract extension, and I'm guessing he to get him to waive that that no trade clause, he's got to have more money. And Sean Watson has a no trade clause, but his new extension kicks in this season when he goes to 156 million over four years with 35 million dollar base salary. But I think Russell Wilson, he's coming in there like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was a free agent. But he was a veteran quarterback who'd been to the Super Bowl, and he helped them win one. And they lost, and they lost one. Denver, of course, beat them really badly for Russell Wilson's only Super Bowl win. Then they lost the next year. So Wilson, I think the fans understand the three players they traded only tied in Noah Fant, a number one pick two years ago, is really good. And the fact is, you know, you got to sacrifice first round picks. If you want to get a quarterback of that magnitude, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Broncos have one quarterback in the Hall of Fame, John Elway. Then they got Peyton Manning at the end of his career. He's in the Hall of Fame, so that's two. And then now Russell Wilson's going to the Hall of Fame. Not many teams can say they've employed Hall of Fame quarterbacks in such a short period of time. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, John, with Deshaun Watson, I see that he's going to have something something to do with court. A legal procedural is going to happen on Friday. Can you, can you explain a little bit more about that? 
the prosecutor is taking evidence to the grand jury, and the grand jury will make a decision to indict or not to indict. If they indict Watson, then this is going to drag out. I doubt he'll even play next season, be two years in a row. If they don't indict him, then the Houston police can drop the charges. The NFL will cease to investigate because the NFL has said they're waiting on Houston police. But you still would have 22 civil lawsuits as an impediment to a trade. And also on Friday, he's scheduled to begin his depositions. And of the 22 who filed those civil suits, eight did not file criminal charges, and they've already undergone their depositions. So those are the ones he can be asked about. But his attorney has already said he's going to plead the fifth because you don't want him saying something in a deposition for those eight that could be used against him uh, when they get around to uh, investigating criminal complaints. It's very confusing, and as, as it's been for a year, but are we closer to having perhaps uh, the criminal part uh, being put to rest? Yes. But no team. I don't see any team. Of course, I never thought Russell Wilson be traded to Denver either. That any team would take him with 22 civil lawsuits accusing him of sexual assault and misconduct. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I don't see how it's going to happen or could happen. But again, we've been surprised before. So we'll see exactly how that shakes out. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, the whole day got started with Aaron Rodgers, and I thought that was going to be the biggest headline today. Four years, $200 million, about $153 million, uh, guaranteed. What did you think just of that deal that Aaron Rodgers agreed to? Well, I've been saying for two years it's all about the money. His problem started when his agent couldn't get him an extension after the 2020 season, and it got uh, leaked to Adam Schefter that he wanted out. And then the media just went crazy for for that offseason, now this offseason. And the fact is, he's going to get paid money like he deserved. I wondered, Ian Rappaport broke that story on NFL media, and then Rodgers comes out and disputes the contract and the money, but admits he'll be back in Green Bay. I guess they were hoping that it wouldn't get out and that Rodgers could release it, but that, you know, that seldom happens anymore. And uh, so I think it's great for the Packers and their loyal fans. They're going to dominate the NFC North again. They may get, you know, they may get home field advantage again. At this point, Rodgers will be 39 next season, and he has only been to one Super Bowl that was in 2010. And if he doesn't help the Packers get to another one, that'll be a black mark on his career, I believe, even though he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. But all those Packer fans all over the world, I'm so happy for them. Right, yeah. And, and again, like you've been saying for weeks, uh, you didn't think he was going anywhere. I didn't think he was going anywhere. But now it's really official. So, John, what, what does that mean for Jordan Love? I mean, this is a four-year deal, even though – Rodgers doesn't have to play four years, but that's what it is. What does that do for Jordan Love and the, his trade value, if he has any? Well, why would anybody trade for a guy that hasn't done jack squat <laughs> in the few chances he's gotten to play? I would keep him, hope he looks better in preseason, get something good on tape. Maybe when they're blowing out the lines of the Bears and the Vikings, they can get him a little PT to make him look good on tape. The fact is, he hasn't looked good when he's had a chance to play. 
so they've got to keep him. Next year will be his third season. Then he'll they could trade him or they could wait and let him walk and hope they got a third round compensatory pick after four years. I can't imagine. No way they're picking up this fifth year option. But there's no rush for them to do anything with Jordan Love. All right, John. Yesterday's biggest story of the day, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> it seems like people have forgotten about it. I think maybe the league's in on it. Drop all this big news. People forget about gambling. I'll digress. But does the league, should there be more pressure on the Stephen Ross and if he did pay Brian Flores or try to pay Brian Flores to lose games? Should the league even look look on this even harder now? Well, the league is investigating Stephen Ross. The league has been investigating Calvin Ridley for quite a while. And I think the Falcons have known and Ridley for quite a while what was happening. And that's why they, they didn't trade him or do anything with him. There was even no, no talk. It's like he disappeared because he missed so much time for the mental health reasons. So at some point, they will conclude that investigation of Stephen Ross. You know, he may tell them, oh, I was just kidding around. I wasn't serious. But Brian Flores says he has evidence. That means he's got to have text messages, emails, or voicemails, and if he and he would give that to the NFL for its investigation, and if he if he does indeed have it, they could uh, try to force Ross to sell the team, and in that case, he'd need three quarters majority to have it happen. But yes, that's going to that investigation once it's concluded will get all kinds of attention. As far as Calvin Ridley. I heard a long interview today with a longtime beat writer who covers the Falcons, and he said, we don't know how many times he's bet. We don't know if he's got an addiction. All we know is this one thing that he did. He could have been doing it a lot of other ways. And so uh, people think they're hard on him. The fact is every player is told over and over and over. There's signs in every dressing room. Gambling is prohibited. <laughs> and it doesn't matter that the NFL – has embraced Vegas. It doesn't matter that they can bet on other sports. Fact is, he was kind of a moron to use his own name instead of having friends do it or make up a name. And uh, they're going to make an example out of him because they don't want other players doing it. They want young guys and women, but especially guys, to get addicted on betting on the NFL. And as they get older and they make more money, they'll bet more money. And right now, the NFL is expected to get $300 million mm. for gambling, with it going up to a billion wow. is the projection in a few years. Mm. And that is per season. That's a lot of money. That's, <laughs> I can't even think about that kind of money. That's how much money they can't it is. have <laughs> a play, the public thinking we're not going to bet because they could be, you know, players could be betting on games. Right. That's why they have to make an example of Ridley because you have to remove uh, any doubt. That's why Stephen Ross will be investigated thoroughly, because people are not going to bet. And if you think about Ridley, when he does come back and he plays, what if he drops a pass in the end zone for a touchdown that would have won the game? Even if it's in total innocence and he just made a bad play, there's always going to be people that are not going to believe mm-hmm. it's on the up and up, because he will have that stigma 
for the rest of his career. You're right. You know, and it's funny you said that. I saw a video yesterday. It was a little compilation of some plays that he did last year and earlier this year as well, or, well, in 2021, that it looked like he would run backwards after he caught the ball. Like, he wouldn't try to score touchdowns all the time. He'd get down to the five-yard line. That's, I saw that yesterday, John. Well, I'm glad I didn't see that because that would really make me uh, uh, suspect him even more. Mm-hmm. No, it did. I mean, when I looked at it, I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, that, there could be something to that. It, it could be innocent. It could be just him trying to make a move here and there. But it, now that we know that, it yeah, crept. but even Raider fans, I saw Raider fans, they were like, well, maybe we need to look at Deshaun Jackson because of that one play with the Chiefs. Oh, I didn't there, think about I, there that are so one. many players that are like, he's like, why wouldn't you just keep running straight? You had the touchdown. Well, now you're thinking about it. And that's why, and John just said it, that's why they've got to make an example. Oh, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up, John. I really am because I hadn't thought about it that way. I wanted to ask you about the salary cap, though, because there's a lot of people always have questions about the salary cap and, hey, there's no way that this guy will fit under the cap. Just like in Green Bay, now they're talking about Devontae Adams. They're trying to give him the, the franchise tag. They've already tagged him. Uh, obviously, they've got to have that money when he signs it. They've got to have that money. They don't have it currently right now. How, how how much can the salary cap really be manipulated, and how much do teams even look at it and say, oh, we're, we're not that really concerned about it? If you are uh, looking for excuses for losing and not bringing back players, you can say it's because of the cap. Mm-hmm. Any good people can get something done in the cap. Say Devontae Adams' cap figure is $20 million. Okay, well, they got to get under it. Say they give him a contract for $50 million for five years, and – no, say they give him $55 million and 50 is a signing bonus. He gets that 50 immediately, but for purposes of the cap, it's prorated over five years. So it would only count, count uh, $5 million. And you can give him a base salary of five, so that's $10 million, and that's half of $20 million. Right. So that's how you reduce it. You can take a veteran, and you can turn his base salary into signing bonus, extend his contract, and that reduces it significantly. Now, eventually, it's going to catch up to you and bite you in the butt. It's what people call salary cap hell. The Packers know they're trying to win Super Bowls now with Rodgers and Adams. And five years from now, if Adams is gone and they're rebuilding, Packer fans and media will certainly understand why they're in that predicament because they did everything they could to win with Rodgers and Adams while they had them. So they're going to have to rebuild. And so as far as that goes, when free agency opens up, which is coming coming right around the corner, before you know it, we'll be talking about these massive deals that all these players are signing across the league. I was just talking about the Raiders having currently $17 million in actual cap space right now. And there's going to be some moves that they make that will be post-June 1st, and they'll save a lot of money post-June 1st. But you, they won't be able to use that, if I'm correct, John. They won't be able to use that, right, while they're trying free agency. They have to wait till June 1st. Yeah, anything that you do involving June 1st, you have to carry it on your cap immediately. Mm-hmm. But you can designate two players as post-June 1st salary cap casualties, and that means whatever they have coming this year under that prorated bonus, that's what comes out this year. And then next year, everything they have left, say it's three or four more years, it comes out of the cap next year. Now, the reason they did that, when they first put that June 1st designation in there, all these players are getting cut on June 1st. And then that floods the market. Well, by then, teams have drafted. They've signed undrafted free agents. They've signed free agents. And all of a sudden, there's all these veteran players having to take the minimum. So that's why they came up 
with two per team if they want to do it. So that's 64 players that uh, are not on the street immediately. And, and a lot of teams do that. But a lot of guys, if you're negotiating with one of your star players and they get to the new league year begins at 4 Eastern on the 16th, if you don't have them signed, in most cases, they're gone. They're insulting. You know, if another team offers them what you did, they're going to take the other team. If the other team offers them just a little more, they're going to take that other team. If that other team is in California with high tax brackets and they would net more in Las Vegas, they're going to take it just to show you because they think they've been disrespected. Every once in a while, one of your guys will test the market and come back and re-sign with you. But by and large, if you're a fan or member of the media and the guy they've been negotiating with, it's free agency. Wave bye-bye. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Just got a couple more questions for you. Go ahead, Demar. All right, speaking of Cap Hill, why are the Cowboys such in a rush to get rid of Amari Cooper? Oh, why can't like why can't they make it work in the cap? And why not release Ezekiel Elliott, who's making just as much money at an undervalued oh, position, gosh. and they have Tony Pollard in the back why are you in the backfield who's better? <laughs> because I'm fired up about it. Amari Demar, Cooper deserves that better. <laughs> that is a question a lot of people are asking in Dallas, Fort Worth, and one of the longtime beat writers said, tell me why the Packers can re-sign Aaron Rodgers and franchise Devontae Adams when they're $30 million over the cap and the Cowboys cannot keep Amari Cooper. You know, they could, they could take the $20 million that he counts under the cap, extend him, reduce it, and keep him. It's pretty obvious they don't want to. They're trying to re-sign Michael Gallup, who's coming off surgery. And it's pretty obvious they don't want to keep Amari Cooper. And uh, I don't know if they offered him a chance to take a cut. A lot of players take a cut to stay somewhere. You just don't want their contracts to expire. And Mark Cooper, people say, well, what's he done lately? I think he's 27. And I believe he's had several thousand-yard seasons. And he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder wherever he goes. And he's going to want to prove the Cowboys wrong and show them where they can stick it. <laughs> right? And, and DeMond's going to be right there to co-sign for him. I mean, he's been on this on this trail for Amari Cooper all week long, but that's another story. John, final question for you, and that's about a wide receiver you know plays for the Texans right now, Brandon Cooks. Uh, there's been a lot of conversations about maybe uh, a team should trade for him. Maybe the Raiders should trade for Brandon Cooks. I'm concerned about the concussion history, but what are your thoughts on Cooks? First of all, only excuse me if you've been saying this, Q, only morons would think the Texans were going to trade Brandon Cooks. Why would they trade their best player when you've got a second-year quarterback, Davis Mills, who's trying to improve, and he has one good receiver who's got a favorable contract, is still 28 years old? Even the Texans are not asinine enough <laughs> to do that. So if the Raiders are looking for a receiver – they better look in the draft. I heard that. I heard that. Well, John, what do you got coming out on Texas Sports Nation that folks should be on the lookout for? I'm writing about Sean Watson. I'm writing about Combine Wrap-Up, doing podcasts, TV show, and everything. Q and DeMond, thank you guys very much, as always. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. We appreciate you. It's John McClain, the great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Uh, very thankful for the time that he's able to give us each and every week. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. So there you go. 
DeMond's going to be campaigning for Amari Cooper. You ought to be his agent, man, or P- PR guy. You're right, because guess what? One of those states he's talking about, no state income tax here in Vegas. Think about it. He don't want nothing to do with Vegas, man. He's going to go to Florida. He'll go to Florida. That's that's where he's, no he's state comfortable. In, no state income tax there either? I know. Okay. He, he Believe me, Amari Cooper, you think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder leaving Dallas? You don't think he has one for the Raiders? Coop, put me on the team. 320 is the time. DeMond needs a new team. Holler at us, Raider Nation. What are your thoughts? What do you think the Raiders should do as a counter move? We know what's been going on today. Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Devontae Adams is staying in Green Bay. And Russell Wilson is now in Denver. What are your thoughts? Holler at us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Very short segment that we're going to have right here. We got Daniel Kaplan from The Athletic coming up at 3.30. We want to get a couple calls in real quick before uh, we get to him. So uh, let's go out, hustle out real quick to the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Juan the Smasher right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, Juan? Hey, what's cracking, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey man, I just want to chime in on uh, uh, Dangerous. Yeah, my, my girl's a Bron- my, my my girl's a Bronco fan, so she's pretty happy about that. I'm not looking forward to it because we already got two, three other quarterbacks we got to worry about. I'm glad we swept them, but now it's gonna look kind of difficult to do that. But you know what? To, to counter move all that offensive power, why not? Why not go hard and, and uh, get that uh, JC get JC. Or or just keep on getting some more defense. I would I wouldn't mind adding uh, Jabril Peppers also. You know he he's a he, he's a dog too. We need defense. Yeah. So why not? Okay. I like it. Hey man, I I agree. I think going all in on the defensive side of things. Like I said, Devontae Adams was a great idea. Really good idea. That was something that I mean, and not just because I was pounding the table for it, but I just think because uh, Derek Carr needs a, a really good weapon. He needs something that he's never had. And and I'll I'll go to my grave and tell you that he's never had a top flight wide receiver. He's had good. He's had good on the cusp of being great, but he's never had great. He had Amari Cooper and he had Michael Crabtree. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, Michael Crabtree was his go-to guy. Darren Waller is an absolute stud. No make no no mistakes about it. But as far as wide receivers go, there was a reason why everybody was so pumped up about Antonio Brown and the possibilities because he would have been that elite wide receiver. He doesn't have that. He never got that chance. It happened to be what? Uh, freezer burn on your feet, bad helmet, no stones in your shorts. I mean, there was all kind of issues that A.B. had. So calling Mike Mayock racial slurs. I mean, there was all kind of things going on with A.B. So that didn't happen. Why are you laughing? I was going to say it. Say Just what? Say it. Just say it. No, I'm not going no, to go there. <laughs> not going to go there. That's No, no, no. I will go back out to the Rare Nation listener line, though. Talk to my guy, Central Valley Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, hey, what's going on, Q and DeMond? Thanks for taking my call. For sure. Hey, so I want to start off. Honestly, Raider Nation is probably not going to want to be happy to hear this, but I'm kind of <laughs> glad that all this is getting settled now um, with Devontae and Aaron staying in Green Bay. And, and uh, Russell, was it, that's a surprise, I'll be honest with you. They, they're going to be tough offensively. they got a lot of young receivers. they got a lot of tight end. Now you're putting Russ in there. They're going to be good. So like that last caller said, we need to address and focus the defense. Um, we got to get that D tackle. We have to get, you know, Hankins is, is good, and hopefully if we resign him, that's going to be awesome. But we need to get that Jordan Davis or, you know, or, or a, some, a, a stud, yeah. something in the middle, especially if there's a possibility of running a 34. Um, and then we got to shore up the offensive line, you know, left guard. And if we keep uh, Leatherwood at, at right guard, we need to get that right tackle. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to start there. 
But honestly, at the end of the day, we have to start having that mentality that we have a new head coach and we got a new GM. And uh, you know what? They bring they bring a lot of hardware with them. So we got to start believing in that and focusing on that and, and uh, believing in their ways. I mean, we love Gruden. We love Mayock. But they didn't have any hardware other than Gruden winning with uh, Dungy's team. You know what I mean? So that's all I got, Q. But again, I'm looking for defense, defense, and and uh, some more defense. We got We're gonna have to shut down San Diego, KC, and now Denver. Right, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, uh, real quick before you go, where you uh, where you calling from? Where's Central Valley for you? Me, I, I'm born and raised in Fresno, but now I live in Tulare. Ah, nice. All right, two places I represent, man. Thank you, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. I got that five five nine still area code on my phone number, and I was a FedEx man in Tulare, Cali. So uh, there you go, man. That's uh, a man of my heart right there. My son went to Roosevelt, the pride of Roosevelt, the Rough Riders, and then Tulare. Go ahead, man. I, I had a good time delivering in Tulare. So shout out to you, Central Valley Raider. I do appreciate you. Three twenty nine is the time. We'll come back. Daniel Kaplan from the Athletic. He'll join us. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Now, of course, there's been a lot of storylines that the Raider Nation is following. There's a lot of storylines we've been documenting very well here. On Radio Nation Radio 920. One of them is not one that's a fun conversation to have, but it's going on right now. John Gruden is currently suing the NFL, and there's a lot of conversations about that. I saw a lot of pictures over on Twitter over the weekend. I think he was at uh, Arnold's uh, big workout. Demond, I don't know if you were part of that. Did you know about Arnold's uh, workout competition that he had, I think, in Pittsburgh? Yeah, you- because Deuce was there. Deuce yeah, was out there. He came competing. in second, right? Yo, Deuce out there lifting, man. Well, Deuce is the like, reason why he's in. Two guys the- who are about a good 5'5. Five, five. And I wish that I was built like Deuce. Well, there's a reason why, uh, you know, he's the assistant strength and conditioning coach because that's kind of what he does. Exactly. So, he knows that life. Yeah, he's about that life. Well, Daniel Kaplan from The Athletic, he's about the life of writing great pieces for The Athletic, and he put out a really good one. And, Daniel, thank you for so for your time this afternoon. Uh, I was reading your piece on, on the Gruden lawsuit and how he's basically saying how, how wrong it is for the NFL to want it to get to arbitration. I mean, what's the nuts and bolts of what's going on right now, kind of the latest and the greatest with the lawsuit and how the NFL is counteracting that. Well, the the lawsuit right now is at the stage where he filed he filed the initial lawsuit in November. The NFL responded, seeking to either dismiss the case or move it to arbitration. And there's a hearing on, I believe, April 13th in in Clark County Court, uh, where the judge may or may not rule on those two motions. Uh, the the lead, the NFL, like it does with all lawsuits generally tries to move it into arbitration where they it's a home field advantage for the league and it keeps it out of the public view. How much of the – I mean, I was, I was as I was reading the, the piece that you put out, and, and I kind of have the understanding of, of what's going on as well as the lawsuit, and, of course, we all know the emails and not trying to, you know, like give the an excuse for him or anything, but how much of it, the fact that he wasn't actually employed by NFL team, how much weight does that even carry in the court of law, if any? Well, I, his argument that he was making in the court filings last uh, that he filed just in the past week is that uh, the that he right now is not an employee of the NFL, and thus their arbitration provisions don't apply to him. And he did not so much get into the fact that the emails were sent 
when he was, you know, when he was working for ESPN, he, he, he got at the fact that the process the NFL used to attack him or allegedly attack him uh, violated the NFL's own internal rules, their constitution, and uh, that his employment agreement was between him and the Raiders, uh, him and the NFL, and the arbitration provisions are, are implemented by the NFL. So it wasn't, again, it wasn't so much, hey, I was employed by the ESPN when I sent the emails, your arbitration provisions don't apply. There, there were other factors he was bringing up. Talking right now with Daniel Kaplan from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. When he mentions Brian Flores' lawsuit as a way that the NFL is basically faking concern about racial justice, is that something that can actually be used for leverage, Brian Flores' lawsuit, or is it just a shot at the NFL? I, I believe it's just a shot at the NFL because it, it, the court's not going to get into the, the merits of whether the NFL's professed, professed interest in racial justice is, is just a shallow ruse to get, get rid of Gruden. Uh, the, the, the court's going to look at the history of arbitration provisions, whether it applies to, to Gruden's case and, or, or, or not. Um, not I, I don't believe they're going to litigate, the judge is not going to litigate whether the NFL is truly, uh, you know, truly pure in a racial justice sense. This feels like to me, Daniel, that this is going to kind of be one of those long, drawn-out processes. Would I be on the right track when I say that? Well, it will be long and drawn out if the judge rules for Gruden uh, in April or shortly thereafter. Uh, if the judge moves it into arbitration, uh, Gruden obviously can uh, appeal that, uh, but uh, we won't hear much more about the case if it does move into arbitration. Um, it's, I mean, if you ask me whether it's going to arbitration, uh, I think that's a 50-50 proposition. I, it, it's really up to the, the decision of the judge here. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, it really should. I know it's not easy to go up to, against the NFL for anybody. And this case right here is just, it seems so, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those that I, I feel like that there is, there is enough evidence on both sides to, to feel like you have a good argument. But this one, I don't know. It just feels like that, that Gruden is really just going to kind of, this it almost feels like one of those where you're not really trying to win. You're just doing it out of spite, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, that 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 makes me think of the famous Seinfeld episode where he tries to return the article of clothing out of spite because he didn't like the salesperson. Um, I think Rudin has a, a it, it has a bit better uh, case here um, than, than he's given credit for. Uh, a lot of people say, well, he doesn't know whether Goodell sent you know sent the emails to the media outlets. He doesn't know you know who, who sent the emails. Uh, Rudin's argument is not necessarily who sent the emails. It's the pressure the league put on the Raiders to get rid of Wood. And that, that can easily be discovered through, through discovery. Uh, if it gets past the motion to dismiss arbitration stage, then Wood can conduct discovery. He can get into who sent, what, what was communicated between the NFL and the Raiders in that time period after the Wall Street Journal and New York Times articles. And if he can prove the NFL pressure the Raiders into firing him, I don't see how that goes to arbitration, which is overseen by the NFL. Yeah, and I don't think, like, shouldn't it, his case look even better to a judge when the NFL turns out that they had these emails back in June and then they waited so long to actually release? Well, yeah. it's so happened that they happened to be <laughs> released during the season. 
when this when these emails were found back in June. Doesn't that help his case? Uh, I, I think it's all part of the context here. I mean, getting back to our, the earlier point that Gruden made about the shallowness of the NFL's racial justice position, he, he makes the point in the, in the motions that if the NFL truly was concerned about his emails, they would have raised it when they first discovered them in June of 2021, not, not once it appeared in the pages of the Wall Street Journal and New York Times in September of 2021. So uh, that, that, I'm sure that will all color the context of a judge's decision. It should be interesting, like I said. I mean, it's something that we've been monitoring kind of from a distance, not really uh, the, the top of, of mind conversation. There's so much else going on in the NFL, but it's also something to pay attention to. Well, uh, Daniel, you did a great job of breaking the piece down on The Athletic. Uh, great job monitoring this situation, and uh, we appreciate your time, and, and we'll be uh, talking to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, there he goes. Daniel Kaplan from The Athletic, Kaplan Sports Biz on Twitter, and that's Biz with a Z, uh, just kind of monitoring the situation. And, I mean, I'll tell you, DeMond, it's one of those uh, conversations and, and the whole case. I mean, uh, like you said, the, obviously the Brian Flores case has a lot to do with it. Uh, there's a lot of different elements that go into play. I think the biggest thing is kind of what you mentioned at the end there when you talk about, you know, they knew back in June, but yet it wasn't brought to the light till the season started. Like, if that was the case, then they should have just gone ahead and handled it then. Exactly. And that was Mark Davis's argument, too. And I feel like that's why he has a case. But we all know anybody who's who's ever been to court, you know that it's not that simple. I don't go to court. You ain't not even a parking ticket. Hey, man. You ain't never been pulled over for speeding. Not anymore. But it's happened before, right? Long time ago. I was was young like you. We've all all had to be like, yo, let me protest this ticket. I ain't going to court no more. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh, I've learned. But you see, like sometimes it's just like, it's plain and simple, right? Right, right. And I feel like John John Gruden, he wants his case to be, hey, fairness, it's plain and simple that they had this back in June. Why did it take so long for it to come out when the team is in the middle of a season? And hey, in the court of public opinion, I feel like everybody's on his side, even if you do disagree with the contents of the emails, which we all do. But it's just like, hey, if you had it back then, why didn't you release it back then if you care so much about racial injustice and equality and all these things you're preaching now? That was their that was their uh, burden to hand. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we got this one. We'll we'll pull this ace card out when we need it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that that was kind of like, hey, we got this. We know we've got it. When we need it, then we'll pull it. And again, like you said, not excusing anything that he said or wrote because it wasn't right. And, you know, not saying that he shouldn't have been removed from his position. But, man, uh, that that timing was pretty Pretty, pretty strange. And right? then what came out first was just, hey, rubber lips, that ought to get them out of here, right? Be like, oh, man. Man, Mark- speaking of rubber lips, dude, I don't mean to derail this. I bit the hell out of my lip the other day what? eating some wings. I did. <laughs> Dog. You have never done that? Like eating some wing stop or eating something really good and you bite your lip and all of a sudden you bust it and, and it like swells? Yeah, maybe once or twice. Dog. I did that, and it's right in the corner of my lip. One, it's a terrible look because it looks like, you know, I got some kind of issues, which I don't, but I bit my lip. And, man, it's it's the worst, dog. It, I mean, you cannot do anything without irritating it. Like, I can't drink water without irritating it. Wings were good, huh? They they were. Real good, They huh? were until there was <laughs> blood from my lip on them. <laughs> Tearing them up, huh, big fella? Man, dog. But I told the wife, and this is totally racially insensitive, but I, I can say it about myself. <laughs> I was like, I'm the last dude that needs to swell a lip up. You know what I mean? Like, my lip's already swell enough. I don't need to, to make it any bigger. Man, that thing. And that was me just trying to be funny. To make myself feel better. But, dog, it hurts so bad. I'm telling you, man, it like it changes the game. It changes your whole lifestyle. You can't – and it's almost like a two-week thing. 
I mean, seriously. Like, have you have you had to? It really it sticks with you for a couple weeks. No, I haven't bit my lip that bad. So Are that, you serious? That tells You've me, man. You've never bitten your lip so hard that it busts. And then it literally yeah, takes it a while like, to it come like back. Swell, it is never swell, like really? swell up like that. Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, now you got me thinking. Yo, you know how it's like, hey, if you're not paying attention, like how hard like a human's bite is, yeah. you can bite your finger off? Yeah. Yo, I think, boy, you was out here going to town. Man, I'm telling you. What flavor were the wings? Uh, Louisiana rub. Mm-hmm. Those are good. <laughs> Those are good. But yeah, it was Wingstop, man. It, made, it, ruined, it really did. This was, honestly, man, this was like not a week ago. I think it happened. It wasn't Friday night. It might have been Saturday. I don't remember what day it was, but it really made me angry. I was working, so it, no, it had to be before that then. All you cared about was those wings. Uh, it's bad. You had them hot. You oh, was going to town, uh, you, I, cleaning the you, bone. You've never done that? I can't believe you've never no, done that. I'm I've seen ter- you eat before. You've got horse tendencies when you eat. Okay, now you're going too far. No, I'm don't, serious. Don't I've get seen... mad at me. Don't try to point the blame on me. Oh, like, not. oh I it's eat like a fault. horse. Just, well, I'm not, not pointing the blame, but you deflecting. Now, everybody I am else, doing that. I'm, a, I'm a careful eater. Apparently, I don't try to eat fast because I don't have much time. I gotta you, keep because you're, wait, you're waiting to talk. Well, look, I gotta go work. Yeah, I gotta get back to work. Gotta get this food. Gotta swallow this food. Hurry up so I can get back to talking. I had to get back to work. Slow down. Uh, maybe you're right. <laughs> maybe that was my my problem. I need to slow down. But man, I'll tell you that, and it it hurts. It hurts to brush my teeth in the morning. It, I mean, everything. Like the whole side of my face sounds like something's wrong with it, or feels like something's wrong with it, all because I busted my lip. You've never done that. Busted, like I said, I've like bit my lip, like, mm, nah, ooh, but not to the use. You, you it's make like it sound, I feel like I got a bullet hole in my exactly, lip. Exactly, you make it sound like you got punched or something, like it swelled no, up. No, it's blood, not. Like, no, it, oh yeah, you know, it was bleeding. Oh, it was bleeding. Oh, please believe that it was bleeding. It was bad. It was it was bad business, real bad business. Did it stop you from eating the wings? Though? Yes, that was my last wing. Oh, it was the last wing too. Oh. Well, no, it was the last wing after I did it. I was like, oh, the hell with this, I'm done. I got angry. I can't even eat salad. The wife makes a salad every night for us. I can't even eat salad because the crouton messes with it. Telling Just you. don't have a crouton in the salad. What's well, a salad without a crouton? That's like putting no no dressing on it or no bacon on it. Come on, dog. What are you talking about? I think there's plenty of salads that don't have croutons on them. Not mine. Okay. Not mine. So what have you been eating this week? Man, uh, omelets because the eggs are kind of soft. You know what I mean? So I did that. Uh, the wife did make some spaghetti that didn't go over too well because the the spaghetti sauce Burned a lip, so I was only able to eat a little bit, and then I had to pass on it. I'm probably going to lose like five pounds this week, and I'm not a big dude, so five pounds might look like ten. You might think I'll, you might start calling me Pookie after this week. You'd be like, "Hey, look at that crackhead!" Oh, that's just Q. He ain't. He's not oh, eating because well. you couldn't take your time on some wings, man. I'm telling you, I because I got to keep it moving, got to keep working. I got to make up for the rest of the slackers that aren't working. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta hold it down. You know, sometimes you got to do interviews when you're not on the air. You got to work on some things, you know, on your off time. Enhance the show. Make the show better. Some of us do that. Don't break that hand. Other Others don't. Others just, hey, that's all we can do. 344 is the time. We'll take a break. Come on back. My lip will be fine. Close out the show. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. That'd be a three-game win streak. What kind of momentum? DeMond messed around and used the M word. Momentum that DeMond doesn't believe exists. So I ask you, and I talk to you, gentlemen and ladies of the jury, if a man doesn't believe in momentum, why in the hell would he use it in a question when he's asking someone about a team? Be like, you're going to think I'm crazy. Well, I, I think you're crazy anyway, but exactly. go ahead. I don't believe in momentum. Now you see now, you're the f- up, you know that, don't you? 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes closing out today's show. That's how I felt when I bit my lip. Felt like, oh, I done blanked up now. Jack hit us up on Twitter. I've done that, Q. It's like you bite the inside part. It swells up, and it's easy to do again. That's the key. If you do it again, it's even worse. You will cuss like a sailor. You will cuss like a sailor in front of your mother if you do it again. So for that very reason, I'm not going around my mom until this thing is healed. (laughs) I don't want to be disrespectful. Did want to give an update on the specifics for the Russell Wilson trade from Adam Schefter on Twitter. Denver's 2022 first round pick number nine. Denver's own 2022 second round pick number 40. Denver's 2023 first and second round picks. Denver's 2022 fifth round pick for Seattle's 2022 fourth round pick. So those are the specifics right there of the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, also got a text on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187 keyword R&R. Biting your lip, tongue, or the inside of your mouth makes you want to cuss up a storm. That's from Raider Richie in Arizona. Yes, brother, I'm right there with you. It is a problem. It is a real deal issue. I'm not happy. But, hey, it's what I got to deal with. And I swear it's the one injury that takes the longest to, to heal. It's like, it's, it's like it never goes away. I mean, seriously, it's like it never goes away for the longest. As I just heard some ladies out in the hallway laughing like, oh. Yeah, but it's happened to me. Like, for me, I feel like it's more of the tongue. But I feel like it's like it happens. It's like, ooh, man, mm, ah. And then it's over. Yeah, well, then go bite your tongue. Or go bite your lip. Put a hole in your lip it's tonight. It's one of those things you can't do it on purpose. No, you can't. You can't. And avoiding it to, from doing it a second time is very difficult. It really is. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show, Mac. Hey, Q. Hey, man, thanks. Hey, I appreciate um, the time on your show. And also, man, I appreciate the hard work, man, you did, did throughout the you know, throughout the draft, I mean, not the draft, but the combine and all this other stuff that you've been doing, man, since you've been, since both of you guys have been you and, uh, you know, you guys are working hard, man. I, I appreciate it, man. We finally have somebody that's working hard for us. Hey, too, the thing I want to say, man, the thing I want to say, I know everybody's split, you know, everybody upset about this. Raider Nation, relax. It's just, they got, they got Russell Wilson. But it's more than just one, just the quarterback that's going that that you that you um, gonna win with. You got to have the other pieces around. And Denver is they, they they got a pretty good defense, but I don't panic. I mean, we panic. And I heard people saying, "Well, their car is the fourth the worst quarterback in the in, in in our division." That's ridiculous. Come on, man. You the kid just went to the playoffs. I mean, he, had, he he's got some other things to do. But hey, too. Why can't we get a linebacker? Why? Yeah. Why are we? Uh, and then you don't like uh, what's his name for? Uh, why you don't like um, uh, the the corner? Uh, what's his name? Hayward. Oh, I like him. I like him. I just think. Well, that- why? Why you don't want him back? Go look at his. I, I watched all the Raiders game again on the bench. Dude, that dude shut down some good receivers. No, I know. I agree. I, I just think, and thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. I, or, or just stay there. I think that, uh, I, I just think that he's a little bit older in the tooth and he's going to try to get a, a big time deal similar to what like Nelson Aguilar got a year before. And I think that the Raiders should want to upgrade and get a guy that's going to also not only shut somebody down, but also be a ball hawk. That's just my, that's just my point of view. 
Oh right, denied. But that, all right, yeah. But that's, I mean, but also, I like it's Casey a different Hayward. system. Yeah, exactly. Where he that's the other thing. In that system, right. But then if it comes in, it's like, hey man, we want you to play press man, right? What if you don't look too good in press man? That, that's the other thing. That's the other thing is that it's another system as well. And and we all knew, at least we felt pretty confident that hey. Casey Hayward's a great fit in Gus Bradley's scheme because he had been there and familiar with it. That's why I think that the Raiders need to go and get a veteran that is already familiar with the scheme that Patrick Graham's going to run. That's why if you don't go get J.C. Jackson, fine. If you don't go get Stephon Gilmore, fine. Go get James Bradbury out of New York. You know who was his D.C. last year? I don't know. Patrick Graham. That's 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 all. I have nothing against Casey Hayward. As you know, DBs win games in my book. I, I'm a big fan of DBs. So I have nothing against him. I think this is a big-time opportunity for him to get a good contract based off what he did last year. And I just don't know if that money is going to be smart for, one, his age, and two, him in, in being in this scheme. And also, he just doesn't create enough turnovers either. That's the other thing. Now, hey, if you shut down one side of the field and nobody's catching no balls, that's great. But I think that the Raiders also need to get in the habit of turning the ball over, creating turnovers. Yeah, because doesn't J.C. Jackson, I think you had the stat, he's had in the past three seasons more interceptions by himself than the Raiders have had. He's had the same amount the same amount by yeah. himself as the Raiders have as a team total for three years. He's had 25, they've had 25. Now, one outweighs the other. Those are things that you got to think about. Those right. should be players that you want, impact players, because I, a question a few weeks ago it was just what do the Raiders need to do next season? Right. And then create turnovers. That's what a lot of fans were saying. Yes. That's going to be the difference maker because the defense, right. it was Ben Don't Brink last year. Yep. And, then, and like the rubber's going to meet the road. We see with these new quarterbacks coming in, or Russell Wilson, but still Herbert, yep. Wilson, Mahomes, you're going to have to force them to make turnovers. Right. Exactly. And it's going to be getting to them, you know, by pass rush, but it's also on the back end coming up with, with uh, turnovers. So. Uh, that that's part of the reason why I think that the Raiders need to go and make some moves for some uh, some some DBs that are familiar with this Patrick Graham scheme. Uh, Raider Man 19 on Twitter said, "Yo, Q, I'm at work, first adult level office gig, and I'm cracking the f up listening to the lip biting fiasco you're dealing with. I too apparently eat like a great white shark. I often use the hold the lip away from chewing technique. That's that's hey, you know what? As dumb as that sounds, I have done that. I have absolutely held my lip away." from my face while I'm trying to chew because I think I'm going to bite my lip again. And I don't want to do that again because that is real deal issues. Like anyone who hasn't had to deal with that, you're blessed. Someone like me, I want to, I hate myself if I do something like that. Like that's, uh, that's, uh, it's very rare that I'm angry at myself. All right. Well, you got some advice on the text line. All right, Cole, go ahead. Rub some salt on it. Oh, just embrace that. the suck no, for I've, a minute and that. you'll be just fine. No, I won't. I've actually done that a few times. I put peroxide on it every single night with a Q-tip, and it burns and bubbles, and it looks like I got a disease. I mean, it really does. It looks like I got a disease. You know what they say, that herpes is that gift that lasts forever? Like, it, it almost looks like that, but it's not, I promise. <laughs> Everyone's like, I ain't going to get that close to him no more when I see him. I'm telling you. That text also went on to say, let's also, let's get Gardner. Gardner who? Sauce. Oh, I thought they said, I thought they were talking about Minshew. I was about to punch you. Oh. Oh no! It also. Oh man, I read that wrong. Also, let's get Garner Minshew. Oh yeah, I'm about to punch you. I thought it was a I'm joke. I'm about to punch it's you. It's a joke, man. It's a joke. It's a prank. It's a prank. <laughs> Vinny Buster, yours up next, man. He ain't got no lip problem. He's gonna go ahead and bring the heat the next couple hours in the huddle, four to six p.m. right here on your flagship for your Las Vegas Raiders, Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty.